You're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast, empowering people to take back ownership of their well-being. And today I spoke with Dr. Roseanne Kapana-Hodge all about how to support our children's mental health. So stay tuned. Your personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy of your soul. The truth is the body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Welcome to the Reconditioned Podcast, where I use my knowledge and expertise of over a decade in the wellness and transformation world to take a deep dive into what makes us thrive as humans. I'm Lauren Vaknin, leading wellness and transformation coach, and following my remission from the rheumatoid arthritis I'd had for 27 years that left me wheelchair-bound by the age of 18, I created a unique coaching combination, conflating physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self to create true, long-lasting well-being in all senses of the word. This podcast is one of the many free resources I've created to help you achieve the same. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, you're an entrepreneur wanting to step into your purpose, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable and tangible ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. This season of Reconditioned is sponsored by Block Blue Light, the world's leading supplier of blue and artificial light blocking products, including blue light glasses and blue blocking lighting solutions. Blue light blocking products aim to alleviate digital eye strain, improve sleep, and optimize health through mitigating the harmful effects of artificial light from screens and modern lighting. For a 10% discount across the range, visit blockbluelight.co.uk and enter the code LAUREN10. Thank you to Block Blue Light. Hello everyone, welcome back to Recondition. Thank you for tuning in. I have an amazing episode for you today with Dr. Roseanne, one of the most hilarious guests I've ever had on the show. She just cracked me up and you will see why when you listen to it. She's such a character and it was really nice to kind of just have fun a little bit. We're talking about something very serious. We're talking about children's mental health, which is a burgeoning problem right now with so many children suffering from anxiety, but it was a fun and enjoyable show and more importantly Dr. Roseanne gave actionable steps to managing our children's anxiety and general mental health so everything from diet and lifestyle to understanding how genes play a part which you all know I am really a fan of the topic of epigenetics and how to manage screen time a big one for all of us as parents and the impact that has on our kids it really was an episode full of actionables and so for anyone with kids absolutely essential listening I would say Uh, Dr Roseanne is hosting the Children's Health Summit and I've linked the details for that in the show notes because that sounds like it's going to be excellent and if you have kids that might be something that really would benefit you also her book It's Going to Be Okay is out on May the 11th so look out for that generally if you have children this episode needs to be listened to so enjoy it in other news I've opened up spaces for private coaching again so if you're looking to up level your life using my unique whole person approach get in touch you can do that through the website laurenvacneencoaching.com or email my team kim at laurenvacneen.co.uk and because of my journey from disability to remission and my decade and a half in wellness spirituality and coaching my coaching takes the whole person approach which is why it really works because I take the physical mental emotional and spiritual aspects of self so if you're looking to up level your life in any way whether that's career get clarity on your goals, learn how to love and accept yourself, get healthier, reprogram your mindset and spiritual guidance along with probably anything else you could think of. I'm your gal so if you're interested in working with me I'd love to hear from you. I have a few spaces at the moment so get in touch and in the meantime we will get on with the show and of course as usual if you enjoy the show please share it with others who it could help. If you have friends who are parents who have children suffering with mental health issues or anxiety share it with them and if you enjoy the show generally please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Sending you lots of love. Dr. Roseanne Kapana-Hodge is a mental health trailblazer, pediatric mental health expert, and founder of the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health. 
Forbes describes her work as changing the way we view and treat children's mental health. Her work has helped thousands reverse conditions, including ADHD, anxiety, mood, Lyme, and PANS using proven holistic therapies and her two-week intensive 360 reboot program. Dr. Roseanne has been featured on media outlets such as CBS, NBC, Ford's, Parents, New York Times, and more. And she's here with us now, so welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. We've already been chatting away before this, haven't we? So uh, we're all warmed up. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd love to kick it off with exactly what it is you do and how you came to it. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a psychologist and a therapist, and this is my 30th year in mental health. Mm -hmm. And I really have, even though I work with all ages, I'm really concentrated on kids, teens, young adults, and their families. And truly how I came to this work is it really was a calling. And I remember being about five years old and my mom's friend who um, were um, daughter of Italian immigrants. And she asked me in Italian, what did I want to be when I grew up? And I said, psychiatrist, and I had no exposure to mental health providers, you know, that just wasn't more any kind of uh, world my family was in. And they were business owners and, you know, traditional, what you think of a traditional Italian immigrants, always making things, making wine and and sausage and things like that. (laughs) And so later, when I realized the psychiatrist mainly did medication, I switched that to, I wanted to be a psychologist. And so it was just always what I wanted to do. And even when I was in undergraduate school, I had a job working in psychiatric hospitals. Like I just try to get in there and start working in the population right away. And being the daughter of immigrants, Italian immigrants, I only was holistic. I grew up holistic and food was medicine. So as I got into this world of mental health, even in the early 90s in the United States, I saw what was happening with treatment with a very heavy emphasis. At that point, it was new how much people were recommending psychiatric medications. And I got to see kids getting sicker and medications increasing. And I realized there had to be a different way. So it just drove me further into looking for evidence-based approaches, which always led me back to natural therapies like nutrition, exercise, and neurofeedback and biofeedback, um, which even at that point had been around decades. So as far as neurofeedback and biofeedback, nutrition's always been there. Herbs have always been there. And so that really became the basis of my work. And then everybody always came to me with what we call the complex cases, the 1% cases, because I became known as that person you go to when nobody can figure something out. And my friend and I, we joke, we have a hundred percent of the one percenters, right? (laughs) And today, sadly, pretty much every young person I work with and family, their cases are very layered and complex, meaning, you know, you have things like eczema and constipation along with autism and OCD. And so that is sort of what is happening today everywhere. And it's not just a United States problem. This is really a global issue, right? And that led me to form the Global Institute of Mental Health, Children's Mental Health, right before the pandemic in January of 2020, because I was like, I've got to do some things at a broader level, which is why I do so much media, because as a reporter asked me yesterday, why don't people know more about this? And I was like, well, we just aren't getting that information out there. And we're not training mental health and medical providers to disseminate and give useful information to families. Why are we seeing such a huge increase in anxiety in children? I mean, it's everywhere here. Every, everywhere. every kind of parenting group I'm on on Facebook, you know, yeah. my child's really suffering from anxiety. What do I do? I don't remember ever seeing this, you know, maybe once in a blue moon, but yeah. it's definitely increased. What is the cause? Yeah, it's multifaceted, but I also want to say that Europe used to be very different in terms of children's mental health in comparison to the United States. We've always had, for many, many decades, we've had kids struggling with mental health. And the UK, in particular, kids were healthier. And so we are changing, and you guys are catching up to us. Your hospitals are turning into emergency mental health facilities, the same as ours. We still have much higher rates of mental health issues in in the United States, but you're increasing. And it's not just the UK, it's everywhere. I mean, it's really, so, so why? 
And I think what we can say about why this is a global mental health crisis prior to the pandemic is we're changing. We are putting an emphasis on um, academics over social emotional learning. Um, Children do not have coping skills anymore. We have moved to a culture that we don't want our kids to experience a minute of uncomfortable emotions and sensations, right? Well, that's how you learn to tolerate them. So we are doing that. We're we're over-parenting our kids. We're focusing on the wrong things. That's one part of it, right? And guess what? There's a lot of things parents can do to to break that cycle. And it's awesome and it's positive and it's safe and it's natural. So we can can address that. Um, We have a massive increase in genetic mutations. So kids have a higher propensity towards these mental health issues with MTHFR being one of them and COMT, which some people say COMAT and some people call it something else. I call it COMAT. So (laughs) um, COMP, some people call it COMP. So COMT, those are two of the most common related to mental health. They're not the only ones. And then, you know, we have poor food quality. We have, um, and food, what you put in your mouth, people, impacts your brain. I mean, hello. (laughs) Um, How nutrition has been relegated to an alternative therapy, I'm never going to understand. We've increased toxins. And it's, you know, and then um, we have increased stress. And stress impacts the nervous system. It degrades the microbiome. It does a lot of things. And then now throw on top of that a year of hell for people in this pandemic and people, for some families, it's a hot mess. It's really a difficult time. Parents are working from home. um, Their stress levels are through the roof. uh, Marriages are breaking down. um, Other people are doing okay, but I'm going to say that there's research here in the United States. and, And actually I just read a lot of research about and I just wrote an article about it last night about uh, you have more research about the impact of pandemic in Great Britain and uh, in Europe because you started the pandemic before us. So it's a huge impact on the mental health of kids and families, no surprise. And now we have surveys and research to document that. Um, and rates of depression have gone from two years ago, 25% of kids in the United States uh, had significant, moderate to significant depression, not even low levels, 25%. Now it's gone to, um, I think it went up to almost 50%. And um, so it's pretty extreme what's going on. So not one thing, and I know that may sound really overwhelming to parents, But when we have to think about it differently, it's not one thing, which means there are lots of things we can do to support our kids. We just have to take an action. We have to take one small action and be consistent about it. Mm -hmm. So we have to stop here in the United States. um, And I think this is not just the States anymore. We want everything magic. We We want a pill. We want something quick. Well, these things didn't happen overnight. And guess what? You're going to have to actually do some work, right? So we've, we've switched from saying there's therapy and behavioral things we can do, which is what we did uh, prior to really this massive push towards psychopharmacology. And now everyone thinks, well, I don't have to change my behavior. I can just take a pill. Even if you take a pill, guess what, people? You got to stop repeating the pattern. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is like revolutionary. Like when I talk to people about this, this is surprising that like, that I'm talking about this, right? And my peers will often get mad at me about the, the you know, my talk about medication. Well, this isn't, there's a lot of science behind why these medications are ineffective and harmful. So they have their own toxicity in them. There isn't a psych medication, even what we consider safe, Ritalin, um, and all the ADD meds, they have toxic loads yeah, and that can do its own damage. Well, yeah. Once we hit toxic load, if you are, if you do have MTHFR or one of those gene mutations that could trigger whatever illness you're predisposed, you're genetically predisposed to. And that's, yeah. So what you're saying here is that so much of this 
can be controlled by the way we live our lives. Now, my my audience are used to that idea because yeah. my whole ethos is a whole person approach. So the idea that it's not going to come easily, it's not going to be just a pill and we're going to have to do a few different things with a few different aspects of self. So, you know, we, we incorporate the physical, mental, emotional and spiritual in order to heal. So moving forward from that, I know that there will be parents listening, thinking, well, my child right now is suffering from anxiety. So yes. what things can I do? What tools can you give these people right now yeah. to help ease this out of their children? Yeah. I mean, and that's what I do every day. And I'm going to say that anxiety is the number one thing that I see across all ages, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter what age it's almost rare that even if somebody comes in and they have ADHD or a head injury, there's always going to be anxiety in there too. I mean, and there's stress and there's anxiety. So the, the first thing people need to do as a parent is you need to put your own oxygen mask on. And we talk a lot about self-care and people think it's like a luxury. I'm here to tell you that whether I'm going to guilt you into this or not, mamas and dads, right? Your kids are watching everything you do. Okay. Absolutely. You can talk and you can have things, but as my father, Tony would say, it's easy with the mouth. Right. So uh, listen, when, when, when I come to America, I want to join, I want to come for dinner with your big Italian. I want to come for dinner. Oh my God. My mother can make like weeds take a taste amazing. Right. Plus we all, we cook and we're I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm there. Come, come. And we're not far from New York city. So I, the only other career, well, I, the only other career actually seriously considered was becoming a chef. And I went and worked in a restaurant and I was like, I don't want to work in a restaurant. So it's my it's my love. It's my relaxation. And my boys cook with me and, um, they love creation and they get a lot of pride and, um, they also, you know, knew how to use knives in the stove really, really young, just like I did. Um, and I love that they'll say like, Hey, I'm making some soup. Do you want some? And I'm like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? Like at nine years old, you know, they're asking me if that, if they want, you know, to make something. And I'm like, of course, um, except my son, my younger one puts a lot of hot pepper and things and whatever, which I like, but his, his level is, is next level. So I'm like, could you wait to not put so much in it? But, um, so we joke and we think, oh, who has time for a massage and who has time for that? It's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. 10 minutes a day. That's all you need. You just need to carve out 10 minutes and really be intent about this is my time. I'm going to do breath work. I'm going to do prayer. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to do gratitude journaling. I don't care what it is, what speaks to you. You have to make a commitment to do it, Mm -hmm. right? And um, you can't keep running around on empty and then think you're going to be your best self for your boss, your kids, your partner in life, and your friends. You're not. Those cracks are going to show through. And we all know this, right? Like, even Dr. Rowe has had a breakdown. I, I tell the story that I remember having a breakdown in a big box store and it's on some video somewhere where I'm like yelling at my kids and crying in the middle of the store. Nobody helped me. Nobody said, oh, honey, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when we take care of ourselves, one, our kids are seeing that we value ourselves and what an important lesson for our children so to value ourselves right? Um, And they also, when we, we connect with ourselves, we know ourselves better. And that's a really important lesson that our kids need to have. I'm going to tell you that my parents gave me that lesson super, super young. And um, they also told me like, you know, always do the right thing, but also don't give a crap what other people think. And what a great lesson. (laughs) Um, and I felt very comfortable speaking my mind because my parents told me to know myself, not to please others, but to know myself and do right by myself and do right by my family. And that meant that I could say no to them. And it meant that I could say no to other people. So when we take care of ourselves, we have a lot more to offer and our kids are going to learn how to manage stress. So it doesn't mean you go, okay, my car just broke down on the highway. I'm going to pretend that it wasn't upsetting. It means you're going to say, okay, kids, my car just broke down. 
this is not good, but I'm not going to freak out. And then this is what I'm going to do. And then whatever. And then just showing them how you figure things out. I, I do a lot of talking out loud, yeah. like, oh my gosh, wait a second. Uh, you know, uh, my credit card's not going through. This is very frustrating. Let me think about it. Let me get another credit card. Okay, great. All right. You know, and then they just hear it. And then I was like, you know, and then you do like, oh, okay. Or, or if something bad happened, whether it's them or me, I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, I could have handled it like this. What do you think? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, sometimes I hear my 10 year olds, like a little, my youngest, he's 10 and he's like a 57 year old. And he <laughs> gives me little tips. Like he, my, my car broke down and, um, and he was like, you know, mom, if your car breaks down again, it's going to be time for a new car. And I'm like, okay, John Carlo, you're hundred percent right. You know, so he's really absorbing and taking in all those things. So that's why self-care is important. First, it's for you. It's for your nervous system to get into this, your autonomic nervous system, which regulates stress, gets into a parasympathetic relaxed state, which means you're going to not respond to stress in the same way. When your nervous system is regulated and not as easily stressed, that means petty annoyances and big things won't impact you in the same way. And, and I'm going to tell you as somebody who takes time every single day in multiple ways to regulate my nervous system. Um, and I have lots of things going on. Uh, people will often remark to me, big people will say, I have never seen people just handle stress like you. And it doesn't mean I'm not impacted by it. I just take time to deal with it and address it. And there are things that stink and you hate it and it's uncomfortable, but I don't try to shove it down. I deal with it and I move on. And that's super important for our kids to see it. So that's a number one thing you can do for your child. The other thing is nobody ever regrets help. They only regret when they don't. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, everything you're saying right now, I'm like, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, and I can tell you time and time again, I never make parents feel bad, but parents walk around feeling bad. I mean, nobody ever told you when you had kids, you're going to be worried all the time. <laughs> right. Um, and they come in here and then, you know, we can only connect the dots looking backwards. We can't connect the dot looking forward. And so even though we try to catastrophize as parents, right, you've got a kid, I've got two special needs kids, you know, I've been on the worry train and then I'm like, get off the worry train, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we're like, what's going to happen? What about this? How are they going to do that or whatever? And, and for one of my kids, I've taken a, I mean, both my kids, I take a non-traditional path, but, but really for my older kid, I very much taken a very different path because he has chronic Lyme and pans and that's what we had to do. So we had to really be present in the moment. So, but when we look back and we say, oh my gosh, there were always these signs that they were anxious. What are those signs? Belly aches, headaches, you know, those somatic signs, uh, difficulty sleeping, nightmares, um, being bright, but afraid to push themselves and try new things. Uh, a lot of worried questions. They need your reassurance. Oh, mom, uh, is grandma going to die? You know, like those kind of things. Or what time are you getting home? Or, you know, just those worries that they do or perfectionist tendencies. Like I'm going to fail this test but they're a straight A student. Yeah. Like that's anxiety, right? So the question is what's stress, what's anxiety? So right now, please know that there is pretty much not a kid in, in the world that it's not experiencing pandemic related stress and parents aren't either. But when the stress gets heightened and it interferes with their academics, how they get along with their brothers and sisters and their moms and dads and their friends, um, their health, then it really flips into anxiety. Right. And so I, we can talk about all the things that, that I have in my book. It's going to be okay. And in our parenting summit, the get unstuck parenting summit, um, and they're there and their resources and low cost or free. But ultimately, if your child has anxiety, you at a minimum need help from a licensed professional who can help you with parenting. Not that you're a bad parent, but there's ways to help kids cope. And that's super important because people that have good coping skills are, are resilient. 
they know how to manage their stress, right? So I talked about myself being a really good person in managing stress. So I had good coping skills. I'm always like, all right, this was a sucky thing. What's the lesson? What did I learn? And then, you know, whatever. And then I find something to flip it, right? Or I learn from it, right? Um, So... That's how I like to cope with things, right? So it, it, it's really important. We know through research that resiliency, right, is a, a definer in mental health. It's also tied to living longer. So vitality is a tied to, you know, how you cope with stress. And so those are really, really important things. And also just to validate your kids' worry and stress right now. Like, mom, this really sucks. We're in lockdown right now again. And I hate it. And, you know, to be like, oh God, Amy, I couldn't agree more. I can't go out with my girlfriends. Like, and then say, how can we try to better connect with people and then get them involved in the thinking about it too, and how to problem solve. And I think if they hear us say, yeah, do you know what? I'm really pissed about this too. I wanted to go out with my friends. I miss going for dinner with my friends. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, Oh, if she feels like that too, then it's okay. It's like what Absolutely. you were saying before about the self-care. It's the modeling that we, it's what we model for our children that they're going to follow more than like you say, the words, you know, we can say all this yes. stuff about how we feel about everything, but unless we're actually modeling that. Kids are the number one way we learn to parent is from our parents. Yeah. And they're going to, they're just, they're little sponges. And, you know, even when I have a teenager, even when your teenager's snarky and cranky and you think they hate your guts and they're not listening to you, they're listening and watching everything. Yeah. I you remember know? that as a teenager. I remember. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Of course. And there's a normal developmental part. It doesn't mean you don't stop being loving, showing your love you know, saying things that are important, like get up, you know, listen, Hey, being on your device for 14 hours, isn't good for your brain. You know, um, my son came to me recently and said, um, you know, I'm having like a pain in, in, uh, his lower abdomen, abdomen. And then I said, this is from hunt being hunched over. And I, how I responded was, Oh my God, Max, I feel the same way, except my lower back. And I told him, oh, my friend, Dr. Krista Burns is this digital dementia expert. And she gave me some exercises. And then I said, you know, what would probably be a good tip. And I'm doing this is I say, you could use my exercise bike desk, right? So I have a desk that has an exercise bike or you can hop on the treadmill. And he was like, huh? And I was like, okay. And then the next morning, my husband wakes me up at 630 and he was like, Max got on the treadmill by himself at like three o'clock in the afternoon so I was like he's listening and I did it in a way and and he was he didn't he didn't get snarky with me because he's 16 now so he's not as snarky and um and you know what I'm talking about you parents of teenagers when you're like 13 (laughs) and 14 you're like is this gonna is this how it's gonna be for the next whatever many years I promised you stay the course and, and they'll, they'll come back to you. Right. So, um, so I was so proud of him that one, I modeled what I wanted him to do Two, I made it like no big deal. And I validated what he was experiencing. Um, and then I was like, then we've been joking about it. Like the treadmill broke. And I was like, it's because you're working out so much, Max, you broke the treadmill, you know? And he, we were cracking up, you know, we had a good time about it. So, you know, try to bring humor in. I can't say it enough about humor too. Um, And it's so important in these times of stress, take moments for fun, bring in humor because our kids are stressed and anxious right now. And I think it's such a great way to connect Um, and I know the Hodges because our, we've had a lot of stress with Lyme disease. We make a point to have fun every day and as much as we can. And my, my whole family is very silly. My mother-in-law, my husband, my kids, we're all really silly. And so we, we really try to make light and validate, but try to make light. And then I just think that's a tool for your kids too, is to be like, okay, this kind of, kind of lighten up a bit and just make, have some fun with life. Right. Yeah. I think I could definitely do that a bit more. I mean, I'm always like trying to get on the floor with my kids and, and just do stuff that, you know, that's fun. 
yeah I definitely think that I could probably do with just yeah being a bit more silly you know just I mean, being we, silly I mean I think my friends would, would probably say we are me and my husband and I are you know raving hippies and for my birthday he bought me a shamanic drum and and we've got <laughs> a flute so at night now instead of like the usual kids bedtime stories my son is like banging on my drum my daughter's playing the flute I'm there with like my my Tibetan singing bowl and so it's all a bit <laughs> yeah silly <laughs> I'm so happy to let you know that the Recondition Your Life Academy is now open. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that my purpose in life is to guide women back to a place of health, happiness, vitality, and purpose. And that my three decade long journey from disability to remission taught me that the only way to achieve sustainable core level results is by integrating the four aspects of self, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And that's why I've poured my heart and soul into this program. I've been developing it for seven months, but really my whole life and everything I have come through, learnt and taught has led me to this point. Over 12 weeks, I'll be guiding you and a sacred tribe of like-minded, high-vibe women through 12 transformational modules where you, me, and the universe will co-create the sort of life you didn't even realize you could have. We'll do this by learning how to unearth and reprogram subconscious limiting beliefs, heal your inner child, break ancestral patterning, connect to your higher self to get to know who you truly are at a core level, awaken your divine feminine, master the universal laws of abundance, get clarity on your goals, learn the physical fundamentals to staying healthy, be guided in a spiritual practice, and so much more that simply cannot be articulated by words alone. So if you're ready to stop making excuses and start making the changes that will move you into a life of health, happiness, peace, and clarity, just go to laurenvacneencoaching.com forward slash recondition. As a thank you for being a podcast listener, just quote reconditioned when you sign up and I'll gift you a free one-to-one coaching session to show my gratitude. The cart will close in a few short weeks and spaces are limited, so make sure you get there soon. All the details are in the show notes. Now back to the episode. just you know even it's been great because now um you know when my older son was really having a hard time you know he really was behavioral and angry and and sad at times and so like now he's my other son younger has always been down for a good time and teasing and we were big teasing family so you know you have to be able to handle that right you remember one time we had a babysitter she made it 30 minutes she (laughs) thought my husband was serious he was like oh you're making me lunch woman. And we were cracking up and she was like, Oh, I thought he was serious. And I was like, did you not see us all laughing? Like, come on. Um, but like, for example, my teenager kept leaving the light on in the garage. So now he and my husband have a joke about it. So they tease each other and it's really funny. And it's not like, Hey, buddy, get that light off. So really have, it's very sweet actually, and how they do it. And it just helps them to be more mindful of it now, you know? For sure. You know, I'd like to go back to, um, you were speaking about, you said about your son being on the devices. How are the devices playing a part in anxiety? Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So it's not all bad, the media, okay. Spending time on digital devices. So I want to start off with there's good and bad. So let's talk about the good and then let's talk about the bad and then let's talk about what we can do about the bad. I think that would really help people because it's one of the biggest things people want to talk to me about. So first of all, we're on devices and there's no way around that right now. Uh, Many people across the globe are either doing hybrid or full virtual learning, right? So they're spending time and they're using it as a point of connection. So What we found in research is that the type of activity you're doing on your device is directly linked to your mental health. So the more passive your activity, scrolling, uh, YouTube watching, video watching, Netflix, Netflix, the greater the negative impact on your mental health. The more engaged you are, so you're using Discord to chat with your friends or um, you're chatting, DMing, you're, you're FaceTiming, 
the actual, there's an actual improvement in your mental health. So I think we all have to understand back before this, we used to say, oh, two hours a day or whatever it is, depending, there was different limits of use. I think it's really hard to say how much at this point. So I think we have to abandon that. But I think what you need to do as a family is you need to determine that and you need to tell your kids and it needs to be explicit. Mm. Um, and on top of that, I use devices to control the amount of time that my kids have. So they know exactly how much they have. And it, when it runs out, it's over. Right. And then we even have a, a system in our house. If you do certain tasks, you can have extra time. Right. So, um, and even my little guy who's super easy about getting on and off his devices will say things like my friends are playing right now and we're chatting. Can I get on And Cause it's the only way you're really getting where I am. It's still very much a lockdown state. You know, it's greater New York city area. So, so I think talking to your kids about what kind of time you're using, try to get them to minimize their scrolling. Like instead of watching uh, Netflix on your device, put it, put it on your, your big TV and sit around together as a family. Or maybe if you have a friend that they're coming over and have them invite their friend over, like do something that's more engaging than sitting in front of a device. The other big problem, Lauren, about device usage is what I mentioned that my girlfriend, Dr. Krista Burns from the American Posture Institute, she's amazing. She's a speaker on my Get Unstuck Parenting Summit. And um, she talks about this digital dementia that results from poor posture. So when your posture is hunched over, what's going to happen, right? You're going to reduce blood flow to the brain right? That's going to impact your neurotransmitters. You're going to reduce your focus. And then kids are sitting their butts in a chair on the couch or their bed, and they're not moving. So we have to have movements to counter the technology usage. So whether that's intentful, um, one every hour on the hour, getting up and doing, you know, two, three, four, five minute exercises or, and, or you've got to get these kids moving at least 30 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. um, I don't care how they're doing it. Just like I told my kid about it and he magically got the treadmill, um, you know, which was shocking. And when I tell you that my kid is the kind of kid that's like, I'm not doing that. He's a no first every time. So he even recognized the value of it because he was like, I'm starting to feel hunched over. So have these conversations. I always feel like education is, you know, talk to your kids about what goes on. I know when kids work with me, I don't care if they're two or three years old. I literally talk to them about their brain. I show them their brain. I, I by an example of using my hand. So I have a fist and I mimic a brain. And then I talk to them about the different parts of their brain. These kids are all so smart. They get it. So when you help people understand the why instead of a lecture, boy, it, it will sink in there, even if it behavior doesn't change right away. So technology isn't all bad. We just need to counter it with the type of technology and we got to get these kids moving. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Super important. And so what else can we do diet wise? Because you were saying so much of this comes down to lifestyle. So to improve anxiety, we've spoken, yeah. about, we've spoken about self care, the parents us as, us, you know, we have to model that self-care so that they follow suit and they can see we're looking after themselves, ourselves, movement and, you know, yeah. limiting devices. What else lifestyle-wise, diet, et cetera, can we be doing? Yeah. So I, I go into a lot of details. Um, I have a whole chapter about diet in my book. It's going to be mm -hmm. okay. But ultimately, there's not a diet, right? But we can eat cleaner foods, right? So... And I know that people listening, people will talk about accessibility. Where can I get food? You can get frozen foods. Like there's no barriers anymore to getting better quality foods. I mean, I've been eating organic foods for over 20 years. I have to get in my car and drive some obscure place or go to a health food store. Mm -hmm. It's not like that anymore, right? Even where you are, you can get better. Yeah, there's there's deliver box deliveries, like farm yeah. drugs. And, and Riverford and all these places they do you order it and it gets dropped to your house it gets dropped to your house yeah. so um and we have just like you we have you have big box stores where you can go and load up your whole car and get all kinds of things cheaper 
um, and they have lots of better quality or near organic, right? So better quality foods is really the most important thing. And when it comes to reducing anxiety and depression and clinical symptoms, the research is around an anti-inflammatory diet. So there's many types of anti-inflammatory diet, but a general anti-inflammatory diet is reduced or eliminated, okay? I'm going to tell you eliminated is better, but you do what you can. And that's reduced or eliminated sugar, gluten, and uh, dairy. That's what an anti-inflammatory diet, that's the base. And then really increasing healthy fats, which is a really missed piece in brain health and anxiety and depression. So really increasing those uh, really good healthy fats like avocado oil or avocados or coconut products or smoked salmon, hummus, uh, eggs, clean, you know, really organic eggs. These things have a dramatic effect on brain health. Mm. A low fat diet increases your chance of depression and anxiety by 1600%. Yeah, well, they say, you know, this is something that I've been talking about for a while. They say that the the um, the increase, this huge increase in early onset Alzheimer's and dementia is because the generation of especially men as well, but especially women who were of the kind of the age of 30s, 40s, when Slimming World and Weight Watchers and all these things came out in the 80s and 90s are now yeah. at that age where we're seeing this early onset dementia and alzheimer's because it was all no fats no fat or low fat so i always you know advise my clients stay away from anything that's called low fat because right what have they done to get the fat out and we need the healthy fats nuts and avocados like you say all that stuff it's so important for the brain and and healthy fats what do they do they they in terms of anxiety and depression right so we often think of anxiety depression is only a genetic issue right and a neurotransmitter issue right and that's what the big pharma wants us to think Mm -hmm. because then it means there's a pill for it and i'm here to tell you that's almost not the case it's the last thing however When our um, nervous system gets out of whack, everything gets out of whack, including neurotransmitters, but it doesn't mean the neurotransmitter is a direct cause, but inflammation can be. And so what do healthy fats do? Well, one, they take down inflammation. Two, it supports the gut, right? In the gut, we talk about gut health, but the gut has almost as much electrical activity as the brain. And there's a what we call a bi-directional influence. So the gut influences the brain, the brain influences the gut. So we want to really keep it nice and populated, but those healthy fats, they act as like a lubricant for your neurotransmitters. So they help them to work better, helps the brain's communication, and they feed healthy neurotransmitter, the feel-good neurotransmitters of the brain. So just by those things, that's how powerful fat can be. You know, plus fat also, um, you know, I've been doing intermittent fasting since 1991 before it was called intermittent fasting. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm back again doing it in the morning. I used to do it, stop eating by like four o'clock and then I had to switch because my schedule changed. And so, you know, the first thing you want to do is you want to get a fat in right in the beginning. And then it keeps you satisfied too, because there's a satiety component in it. So um, I'm not saying the kids should be intermittent fasting, but there's a lot of reasons that, you know, and there's a lot of different ways to do it. But an anti-inflammatory diet is clinically proven to improve clinical mental health issues, everything from anxiety, depression, and ADHD. So always look at the research, right? So I only do research because I've been holistic. And so when people give me a hard time, and I mean people, I mean people in my field, um, because they are very, mental health is very much a dinosaur and is so heavily influenced by pharma. Um, And that is against our training. We are therapists and we should be using holistic tools, which is therapy. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't be pushing meds. We should be explaining what we can do for the brain. And that isn't meds. That should be our last resort. And it's really often not needed and often an exacerbator. So here in the States, one in six Americans are on a psychiatric medication. You're not up to that level in the UK. Um, but it it's, is. I mean, we're seeing a huge increase, and and huge I, I, increase. Yeah, it's because I see it. You know, I I do. Uh, I mean, I have spent 
my whole adult life trying to heal myself or you know I did heal myself through not using pharmaceuticals I do think in very specific cases antidepressants are needed to help the person get from I'm about to commit suicide to not be in that space and past that space then there are other tools that can be used but there there are biochemical issues there are bio for sure for sure but um, I also want to say there's a lot of other reasons that somebody could be suicidal, including having yeah. infectious disease, right. could be a traumatic experience. I mean, there's just so but many. But also, like factors. you're saying, the, the way we live yeah. our life in the gut can determine our mood. So actually, though in, in some cases it is necessary for those people to take the medication at that, that critical point, that all these holistic things can actually help. If we do it, if we take the responsibility for ourselves, to then get off the medication. But, and, 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 and I agree with you, but we also are all thinking that you need a medication because you're uncomfortable, right? right no, 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 and I'm saying, what I'm, I'm yeah, agreeing with you. Yeah. I think it's like- No, I mean, for everybody else, you and I are agreeing, but I mean, for everybody else listening, just because you're sad because your dad died or your dog died or your lost your best friend moved away those are real emotions mm. you've got to process them yeah a pill isn't gonna do anything for you it's just gonna make you disassociate and that those feelings will creep up in another unhealthy way so take the time therapeutically to deal with them so you know that's what's happening now is that everyone is so distressed in this pandemic they don't want to tolerate it you mm. know Um, But there's still so many positive things we can do for ourselves. Yeah. We'll be back to the episode really soon. But first, a quick word from our sponsors, Block Blue Light. So as a busy mum and entrepreneur, there are days where I have to work into the evening. And this means being at my screen way longer than I'd prefer. So a while back, I invested in a pair of blue light blocking glasses. Now, if you've never heard of blue light blocking, let me give you a quick rundown. Natural blue light from the sun boosts our mood and alertness, but technology has meant that we're now exposed to so much artificial blue light from screens, devices and all modern lighting and it's really affecting our health. Artificial blue light disrupts our sleep, interferes with our hormones and causes digital eye strain which can lead to long-term eye health issues. Now I've been wearing my blue light blocking glasses for a while but it was in the second lockdown when I was homeschooling that I decided to get a pair for my five-year-old to protect him from the amount of screen time that was required for his learning. And he now wears them anytime he's at a screen and if he's watching TV after dark. We got them from Block Blue Light, who are the world's leading supplier of blue and artificial light blocking products. I chose them above some of the other brands because they're dedicated to delivering the world's most optimal and science-backed blue light glasses and blue blocking lighting solutions like light bulbs. Some benefits you might notice instantly are improved sleep, less headaches, less migraines if you suffer from them, less eye strain, and a genuine boost in your well-being as your body adjusts back to its natural circadian rhythms. And let me tell you, since wearing these glasses, it's the first time in his whole five years that my son has slept past 7 a.m. And my most recent revelation with Block Blue Light has been their fit over glasses. Because I wear glasses for TV and computer and was finding it hard to wear both. But the fit over glasses are designed to slip right over your normal glasses without any heaviness or strain. So you get the best of both worlds. So to check out all of Block Blue Light's incredible health boosting products, including day and nighttime glasses, blue light blocking light bulbs, and 100% light blocking sleep masks to help you into a deeper sleep, visit blockbluelight.co.uk and use the code Lauren10 for a 10% discount. That's blockbluelight.co.uk and use the code Lauren10. Thank you to Block Blue Light. So tell me about your 360 reboot. Yeah. So, um, so I do intensive work with people and I, I work with people all over and prior to the pandemic, people would fly in all the time and work with us for two weeks intensively. So we really have modified that and made that a six month program. We can work with people virtually in that. Um, we just have made it more intensive and we incorporate everything. So my, Um, my philosophy is about eight pillars, right? And so it's really very common sense things like nutrition and sleep um, and stress management, genetic mutations, all of these things, nutrient deficiencies. And then on top of that, 
I spent a lot of time doing parenting work and then brain-based therapies like neurofeedback, biofeedback, PMF. And that is a really very much a huge part of what I do that's different because we help to regulate brain waves and the central nervous system. And when we regulate the nervous system, then new learning can happen. So people get stuck because they're in an activated, hyper-stress activated state, and it can happen without a clinical condition. It can happen with just chronic stress, um, but it also can happen for medical reasons where I work with a lot of people with infectious disease and um, Lyme disease, pans, pandas, things like that. And so we just take a really intensive approach and we do everything and we hit it really hard. Um, and I talk about all these eight pillars in all of my work, whether you follow me on social, or whatever, but my book, it's going to be okay is the summation of my 30 years worth of work. And there's over 40 pages of, of citations in there. And I really, again, want people to know I do the work for you to find the research. And I'm a proponent of Google. Um, and <laughs> sometimes you can go down a Google rabbit hole. And so what I did is really cultivated really clear guidelines for people. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's called, it's going to be okay. Proven ways to reverse your child's mental health, but it's really the same thing, whether you're 37 or 81 or 12. It's a holistic so, approach is a holistic approach, right? It, it's just, yeah. 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 And I hate that these things are called holistic because they yeah. are natural. They're evidence-based. So when somebody gives me a hard time about like, why does vitamin D help you know, somebody with depression, I'm like, here's the research, honey. You know what I mean? So, and people, we have to stop thinking that our medical provider is the voice of God, mm -hmm. right? So um, what, that's why I love Google because all you have to do is scratch the surface and find that there's a whole other world. I'm sure that's what happened with you, Lauren. You took your own path. Well, it, right. was before, it was before Google. So it took me a lot longer. Took yeah. Longer. I had to go in the microfiche in the library. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actual, actual like physical libraries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It took me a long time because I didn't have the internet when I, when I started my journey. Yeah. You know, the thing is, I think it's, the, I always talk about this misconception of the word holistic as well. Holistic means whole. It means the whole person. Yeah. That just means we are taking the whole person into account instead of treating a symptom by masking it. We're treating the whole person. 100%, right? And we're trying to connect the dots instead of just like what you said, focusing on that one part, right? And then, you know, you go from specialist to specialist and specialist. And that's what my day is like, is that most people are coming to me and they've seen, I would say on average, a dozen or more different types of providers. And they, a kid could be 10. And yeah. they've already seen a dozen mental health, medical, whatever. And nobody ever makes stops and helps to explain and connect the dots for them, you know, and they're always so blown away. So, um, and people will say to me, like, well, how do you know that? Like, how is it that? And I'm like, well, first of all, I've cross trained in different disciplines. Like I'm certified in this and I've done that, but am I any more and more intelligent than your integrative, uh, I mean, your regular internist, of course not. It's just, I've said, there's another world out there and we've got to look at the research. So I'm as open to anything as open. If you want to go to a shaman, I'm going to go with you. You want to do that? That's great. It's just that my work and me really being this leader in the media is I really have to say, here's the evidence. Here's the evidence. So when I talk about the eight pillars, I really stick within those realms that there's solid research behind it, because that's what we need to do to break barriers. Absolutely. So when is the book out and where can we get it? Yeah. So um, my the book, It's Going to Be Okay, is out May 11th. There'll be a pre-sale somewhere in late uh, April. You can get it on Amazon. And for people that want to sign up for my summit, it's the Get Unstuck parenting summit and you can go to get on stocks oh excuse me get on stuck summit.com and it's free um it's it's a short summit it's not a million speakers because i think everybody's overloaded but i have some pretty awesome speakers i have um jj virgin she's like a leader in health um bob hope's daughter is on my summit she's a child with autism and just i really brought in speakers that could get value and actionable tips that's 
what this summit is about. So your parent or your kid has stress, they're struggling with virtual learning, OCD, ADD, pants, pandas, anxiety, depression, any of that. It's really concentrated on people for parents that are like, hey, my kid's got something going on and I need help with their behavior. That's really what it's about. So if you sign up for that, you'll get information about my book that comes out. Super excited. So we will link all of that in the show notes so people have easy access to that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to end the show how I always end the show with a series of quick fire questions in my little segment called All About You. So are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Great. Okay. The one behavior all parents need to change or adapt. The one behavior for themselves or their kids? You choose. Okay. Well, I would say the the one behavior that they need to change is thinking that their child's grades are a marker for their emotional health. I'm so doing the praise the Lord thing again. Yeah. We all <laughs> think that if our kid has good grades, that means that there's no emotional, behavioral, or social issues. And I'm going to tell you that that is the one of the biggest mistakes that parents make. It's their biggest regret. If all the things the parents tell me, they regret that more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Taking a more a more holistic approach to education yeah. as well. Absolutely. Okay. A book that changed your life? Probably, oh God, so many books changed my life. But I would say the Bach and Bach books about homeopathy mm-hmm. and um, herbs and vitamins I have practically memorized yeah. those books. And like what you were talking about, Lauren, those are books that I had in the somewhere in the 90s. And so they're really basically books that are broken down by clinical conditions. And then they have recommendations for different supplements. Yeah. And it just blew my mind. And it's why I know so much about homeopathy and herbs and supplements today. Amazing. I have so many books on homeopathy. Yeah massive homeopathy fan okay I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek who always says you know ask the why what's your why so what's your why the thing that that drives you to do what you do even if you weren't earning money from it well I mean I'm not earning money from my media I mean I'm really on a mission to change the way we view and treat children's mental health I mean that is my why I have already been successful and you know have this big practice and all these other things and I was like things are bad if somebody doesn't put themselves out there and I can handle criticism. I'm not a shrinking flower. And when you put yourself out there, I mean, I'm so lucky. I have the most loving following. Like my, I get people send me emails just to say, I just loved what you did and have a great day. And I just can't get enough of that. My friends get a lot of hate stuff. So I'm grateful for that. But I also get people who it's typically a professional who will email me something like, how dare you? And this, that, and the other thing. So we have to make this change and what every parent can do. So I want to inspire every parent to be the CEO of their own you know, child and family's mental health and physical health. But I also want to say that if you tell one person, we can change the face of mental health by that word of mouth. And I did it regionally, like where I am, things are very different because I've been doing things for a long time. And I was like, we've, we've got to do this on a bigger level. So, and, and that's how you can help, not just your family, but once you see the power of these holistic therapies, share it with people, talk about it on Facebook, you know, tell a friend because they don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. And if that came true and then you could choose another career, what would it be? a talk show host I, just, <laughs> I can imagine you doing that I I would be there in the front yeah, of <laughs> yeah I just I love that I love talking to people I would just want to have a show and and talk to people and just talk to parents like I about think that just, might happen for you one day it will yeah I think so okay lastly well-being is well-being comes from within and it's knowing yourself and connecting to yourself. And when you feel good about yourself, so many amazing things can happen to you in your life. Amen. Or as you would say, amen. Amen. (laughs) This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And we will link all those details about your book and the summit and hopefully, you know, get people to know all about this, which is your why. So yeah. 
Yeah. Thank you for this conversation. It's always lovely to talk to people who are already there and we're in the same tribe. We are absolutely are. And the tribe is growing. It's getting It's busy. growing. I know. It is growing. For somebody like you and I who've been doing this for decades, right? It's been such a great shift in the last 10 years. It really has. And it's still going. We watched That's my why. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Roseanne. Thank you. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Recondition today. I'd be so grateful if you could subscribe and maybe even leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. And better still, if you could share with friends and family who could benefit from the content, that's what I'd really love. I just want us to share the love so that everyone can understand how to use an integrative approach to life and health. For more free resources, visit laurenvacneen.co.uk and laurenvacneencoaching.com.